We are in the studio with Bobby Lyle, a jazz icon who's returned home to Minneapolis to grace us with his presence and also with a show over at Crooners. Bobby, thank you so much for visiting Jazz 88. Thank you for having me, Sean. It's a pleasure being here and, and being home in Minneapolis. Now, it was home for you in Minneapolis. You were raised here. You did a couple years in McAllister, and then you got the traveling bug, and you've been kind of a going international sensation since then. Can you tell me a little bit about your years coming up as a musician in the Twin Cities? I started out really early, like uh, age 15 and 16. I was always hanging out with the older musicians. They were very gracious about showing me how to play various tunes and riffs and stuff. And uh, because keep in mind, when, when I was coming up, there was no jazz ed in, right. in schools. <laughs> and so we basically, people from my era, just learned it at the street level, in the clubs, in the jam sessions, and, and from listening to the albums of all the people that we idolized. I went to uh, St. Paul Central High School, and my teacher was a gentleman named Red Freeberg who came up in the 1970s jazz scene. And he said that some folks would go, I went to MSA, Minneapolis Street Academy. That's, <laughs> that's how I learned to play jazz. That's just pretty much it. <laughs> on the bandstand. Yes. Now, it's not everybody who works in the local scene who then rises up and starts collaborating with national, international artists, Anita Baker, Al Jarreau, Bette Midler, they at the office for Bobby Lyle. How did you make that transition from working keyboards and clubs here in town to becoming somebody who really is brush shoulders with some of the biggest names in the music world? Well, I couldn't make the transition without transi transitioning my city. Ah. <laughs> so I had to go from <laughs> Minneapolis to Los Angeles, and and I knew that it was going to be a worth a worthwhile move because uh, so much of the record industry was uh, centered out mm -hmm. there. So between the record companies and the people who were forming up their touring shows, uh, I realized that's where I needed to be. I had a couple of contacts. My very first gig still shocks people when I tell them. It was with Sly and the Family Stone. <laughs> Doesn't shock me. I was on the Wikipedia page. How did that show go? Uh, <laughs> I actually toured with Sly for uh, about almost a year. All right. And he had come off this uh, string of of like missing a lot of shows and having promoters sue him. Um, but he was great for this whole tour. He, we made every show we were on time and, and we killed him with some authentic funk and it was great. And now where is home for Bobby Lyle nowadays? Are you still in Los Angeles or are you based somewhere else? Oh no, I made a move in uh, the year 2000 to uh, Houston, Texas. Uh -huh. And I've been there ever since, uh, it was kind of a culture shock to realize how smaller the price of living was <laughs> between Houston and Los Angeles and no state tax. Taxing. State income taxes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I enjoyed that a lot. I, I bought a house and and just kind of settled down and I've been here ever since. But by that time, I had already established my brand, mm -hmm. if you want to call it. So uh, I can, you know, every place has an airport so I can fly anywhere to work. I love it. I'm hanging out with Bobby Lyle. He's getting ready for a show on Friday night over at Crooners. Bobby, what will you be doing on stage at Crooners on Friday evening? On Friday evening, uh, I will give a cross-section of jazz in all its colors. Mm. And that's everything from funky contemporary to solo piano, straight ed. 
they're they're going to get the full Monty if they come out on Friday night, and and we're inviting everybody to come out on Friday. Uh, and check this show out. Get there at 7 and get yourself a dinner. We have a wonderful chef over there, and uh, it's going to be a great evening. I can't wait to start. I'm chatting with Bobby Lyle. He was uh, raised in Minneapolis and has worked in Los Angeles for a long time, now lives in Houston. Another place you live, Bobby, is the Smooth Jazz Charts. You've been on that bad boy for like about a year straight. Is that right? Well, what happened with, with, with my latest album, and I say latest, it actually released maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. I have had four singles and I'm about to release my fifth. Uh, the fourth single in about seven weeks went up to the top of the Billboard radio play chart. Yeah. And I said, okay, that sounds too fast. I think it's going to start falling fast. <laughs> and it stayed up there for like four weeks. Then it went to number two. Then it went back for another week. <laughs> so, so five weeks at number one was a complete surprise first. But then I realized, wow, what a blessing and, right. and, a, and an honor to to be able to have this music that I worked so hard on right. uh, have that kind of result. That's right. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. We all have been in careers where sometimes the stuff you think is going to land doesn't. Sometimes the stuff that you're sure is going to land, you know, does and it, all those varieties. But to at this point in your career have that type of success. I mean, success is not something new to you, but I, I bet it feels really good. But I bet it's not what keeps Bobby Lyle going. I bet it's not being number one. I bet it's not being number two. It's being Bobby Lyle. What keeps you working at the piano, keeps you driven to keep on churning out awesome music on stage and in the studio? Well, it's two things. Um, uh, first of all, COVID interrupted uh, my love affair with my audience. Right. Uh, so being able to take my musical message out to people is a big part of it. And then the other thing that I get involved with is teaching and mentoring the young students. Because, you know, when I'm gone, they're going to have to be the ones that take over. So those two things are a driving force. Plus, I have this curiosity about how I can keep reinventing myself. And that also keeps me in the woodshed uh, writing, uh, practicing. And so the combination of all of that has sort of allowed me to extend this career uh, past what people normally do. You know, I'm an OG, right? You know that, right? <laughs> I, gotta, I hear a little Morris Day in your voice. I feel like you might be coming from, coming from that era and even, perhaps even beyond. But you're and, delivering and beyond. Because, yeah. <laughs> see, when I, when I met Prince and, and, and the time and all of them, they were a teenage garage band. Got you. I, I met them right before I traveled from Minneapolis to live in Los Angeles. I had a friend of mine who was actually a radio disc jockey. Oh, and he was going with uh, Morris Day's mom, and he kept bugging me about going to North Minneapolis to hear this teenage band. <laughs> so finally I said, okay, just to shut him up, I went over there, and man, these kids knocked my socks off. And and as I was leaving, I, I just told him, you guys are going to be successful, mainly because you're playing your own music. That's you're right. not a cover band. That's right. 
Well, I didn't have to be Nostradamus to predict that, but but I predicted it anyway. Man, Bobby Lyle, it has been an absolute treat talking to you. The show is tomorrow night at Crooners, Friday night at Crooners. You're playing with your sextet. You're going to be doing some solo stuff. And most importantly, you are back in Minneapolis and still tuning big for your hometown. I really appreciate you stopping by Jazz 88 to chat about this show. Good luck at the concert, and thank you thank for visiting you. us. Thank you, Sean. It's a pleasure. I got a tune called Night Breeze lined up from the Bobby Lyle Trio. You good with that? I'm real good with Night Breeze. All right, let's play that. Bobby, have a good show tomorrow, my friend. Thank you.